Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Karim Benzema. Three hundred and sixty-five days of sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to another edition of the greatest sports radio show on the planet. Kareem Benzema, everybody! Time for the Jack Link's Beef Jerky, 365 days of sport radio show. Now, as soon as that warning comes up, it's clear that what it's saying to people is that sophistication, imagination, genius... All variety of fantastic subjects is coming your way, thick and fast. But anyway, people, just just sit back and relax, because uh, we're about to take you on another wild ride, a journey through uh, a fantastical, mystical journey through uh, a sort of a parallel Melbourne, really. Like it's, We're sort of going to be like the upside down and stranger things when you come on and into this 365 Days of Sport platform. Mm. Like you think you see everything as you think it is, but there's a whole nother vibe behind Yeah. There's different ways of looking at People everything. have often commented that this show is definitely from a parallel dimension. Yeah. It's so important because most people can't think like us, Beef. Very true. Yeah. Very true. And and some people are easily put out by slightly odd content. But they, it's because they, they, they take it on face value. When you break things down and analyze and really think about it, yeah. there's always a little spin on it. Then the likes of people like ourselves can really identify, yeah. I think, Beef. So uh, that's really what people are tuning in for, I think. I'm no doubt about yeah. it, considering so, this is show number 275, Rob. Wow, look at that. Yeah. Two and three quarters. Two and three quarters. <laughs> yeah, just good stuff. Uh, how was your day today, Beef? Winter's back again today. Do you know that? so. Yeah, rain, I got, I got my rain coat on. Day. Thunderstorm tonight, apparently. Oh, is it? Yeah, so golf. Uh, I'm I not sure what's happening. I did see there was some prediction of snow. Yep. Snow in the middle of summer. In December. In December. Lords had a big uh, coating of snow today as well. Well, they, they actually are in winter. They are in the middle of winter. Yeah. Longest, so. uh, shortest day coming up very soon uh, in the UK. Longest day here in eight days' time. Do you recall that when we were there in December? Yep. And it was December the 18th, 17th, December 17th, yeah. And, and it was eight, 18 degrees. 18 degrees in London, yep. 17 degrees in Melbourne. What would you? Would you? No, I've ever read about that. The squirrels didn't know what was going on. No. They were still out and about. Weren't oh, they, they were loving life. The squirrels they were racing up the didn't trees. Didn't know there. what was going on. And, no um, hibernation for them at seventeen degrees, eighteen degrees. Certainly not. No. They're just down near Richmond Park Golf Course there. On what's the name of that street again? Forgot what it's called. I don't think we. It really matters. Uh, now, what did I achieve on the weekend? I don't know, do but I've got to say this: what? on the drive tonight, in yeah. right. Something amazing. Well, something's tickled me, Rob. What's that? I just happened to be following a a corporate vehicle, mm. all sign written and everything. What What was the industry? Uh, it, medical. Medical. Yes. Yeah. The company. Any lights on top? No, 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 no. But no. could have been. Could have been transporting but... a a heart or something. No, definitely no. not. Not in this case. Right. The company was Doctor Snip. Oh, gosh. The vasectomy people. A, a mobile vasectomy. Mobile vasectomy. But guess what vehicle they were driving? Um, You've got to think about it. Dr. Snip, Rob. It'll be a, uh, a Volkswagen uh, Beetle. I like your reasoning. Mm. Don't know why. No, it was a smart car. What's a smart car? You know, one of those really stumpy two-door miniature cars. 
Doesn't sound very smart. No. It sounds like a stupid car. Oh, I think I have been in one of those once. Oh, you've been in one? I've not been in one, but... Oh, my friend had I'm one. just thinking... You, you can almost park like a... Sideways. Yeah, sideways. You can, you, can, you can actually park sideways, but I'm just thinking Dr. Snip in a really, really... Short car. Elong, not elongated, unelongated. That's not a word, but it is now. Stumpy. A stumpy car, Rob, for Dr. Snip. Well, that would certainly uh, get me a little worried upon that's arrival. Why, that's why it tickled Obviously, me. they don't have a, a very large uh, doctor's kit required to perform the operation. I don't think you need too much for... Uh, I, I wonder how regularly they're sort of racing around town if they've got like a 2.30 followed by a 3 o'clock appointment sort of I thing. Was if actually, they do it that quickly. I was actually wondering whether they do offer a mobile service. Well, I, I assume that's what it was. Well, possibly not. But in terms of... Uh, I just think it's quite funny that Dr. Snip was, uh, well, one, in a smart car. Yeah. And two, possibly offering a mobile service. Well, I, I, I want to look into this. I mean, uh, is there that many vasectomies floating around? I don't know. I mean, you must have seen it in the States. There's so many roadside adverts for vasectomy reversals, yeah. which ultimately means there were a lot of vasectomies going right. on. What is the procedure these days with that? Because I've always envisaged like some sort of injection down the urethra or something. No, like, I don't no, think No, nothing it is. like that. No, I just think they... It's just uh, sort of sticking the, the at the base kind of thing. The little tube that runs underneath. They yep. just snip it in half and tie the, tie the ends. Snip it in half? Well, they cut it. They cut the tube, yeah, so that there's nothing getting out. Well, how can they do that? Don't they just tie a knot in it and close it off? So it's uh, like a... Well, they cut block. it and, yeah... So say if you imagine like a big sausage balloon, yeah, and you just get a rubber band and put four loops around, loop it over four times, and it squeezes tight. So, so they're docking like that. They're going to dock it. Yeah, they're going so to. They're going to make a nice wee poodle out of it for the kids. <laughs> they're gonna do- yeah, yeah. I don't think the they dock are, it, Rob. Yeah, Doctor Snip is there for kids' kids' <laughs> birthday parties. It's entertainment. There we go. Here's Dad. Get get your knob out, Dad, and we'll get to have a nice public vasectomy for the kids to enjoy. Look at this. Oh, oh, and I've, and he I, makes a. I think our Jewish. He community- makes a raccoon. or a yeah other uh, a little just a little uh, mini one other balloon animals are available yeah yeah um but i mean our jewish he's probably doing that on the side our jewish community friends do do it in public don't they 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 well they do uh, at the birth they do the old, is it at the birth I thought it was a bit later than that we're not talking about the vasectomy you're talking about <laughs> I'm not uh, talking about the vasectomy but I'm talking about public uh, circumcision yes I don't I mean really I have to be honest I didn't really think it was going to be entertainment for the, I mean no I don't yeah. think so I, I, I don't think when this happens at a Jewish ceremony I'm not sure they're all like cheering and applauding as I it happens I think they do actually really? I think they do because it's a kind of uh, it's a I big mean that thing. really seems quite sort of but I'm sure they do it in genuinely public. insane doesn't it Yes. A cheering for a boy's um, yeah. foreskin being removed. Yeah. Well, that doesn't make sense to me. I, that definitely doesn't make sense to me at all. I don't understand why it happens. Do you, I wonder if it's one thing that eventually they'll say you can't do that anymore. I'm pretty sure we're getting that way. Because how can you condone genital mutilation? Well, how, how can you even Well, that think... is essentially what it is. Yeah. Um, and I don't actually really see what the benefit is. Well, I, don't, I think they've proved that there is no benefit now. And that's why it's causing a stink in the okay. Jewish communities. So it's, yeah, so it's a fascinating one. But, anyway, but do they have the right to their religious freedoms, Beef? Well, that's, big, it, that's it, the big question, Rob. Because now, because you see, this is where the thing is a turning, right? Because yeah. Israel Folau tried that with his, with his whole, this is my religion, but it backfired on it. Well, Even though eventually he won. Yeah, eventually he won. But he, he was very unpopular. And, still and people is. went right after him. 
Yeah. And uh, and so increasingly we're having examples of people attempting to hide behind the religion, but people were saying, we don't care about your religion. Yeah. Right? We're going to just say what's right for what's right. But then then it gets tricky, doesn't it? Always. Always But gets that's tricky. different. He was just speech as opposed to actual physical um, well, mutilation, I, as you said. Oh, well, mutilation aside, Rob. Yeah. I mean, the fact is he was probably practicing what he preached in terms of no sex with before marriage, well, alcohol, gambling, etc. I don't et think we was openly like running around trying to chastise no. <laughs> homosexuals in the street and that. No, like, I don't think running so. Running anti-gay parades and that. No, he's not Westboro Baptist Church, put it that way. Like that, yeah. But in terms of uh, living his beliefs mm. that's his principles that's what he was doing but like you say he wasn't able, well i don't know is posting on social media campaigning i think it is rob i think it probably is i think but but surely he's just preaching to people who are probably preaching to the converted as such. but not chastising um he wasn't having a well, go at, like it, physically well, having a go no, at he wasn't up there like the thing is to actually in real life actually yeah. practice homophobia yeah, you yeah. have to really go out of your way you do you have to you have to and be he, on the charge be looking for it yeah you do and if go it, you know you got rent to pay you got a job to do when have you got time to go out and I physically run around to places find homosexuals and chastise yeah. them in public i mean that west it's going to ba- be a huge effort that west baptist church is uh, pretty full on they're the ones that go out with the signs is it an america yeah they that, go out with the signs god hates yeah you know and but all then that. but do they go try and find they go yes. sit outside a gay club and do it there yeah they do everything they go to funeral gay funerals and all really sorts. yeah they're mad okay well that, that's the i mean that's they're, full blowing they're the extreme they're, that's that's the that's i mean how could you have that much they hatred even, in you but I mean, you want to go and do you that you need to look up the um, louis insane. theroux he's gone to see the westboro baptist church two or three times to do documentaries on them. okay and so, what are their numbers like these days this i church? think they're probably declining okay so they're losing the battle yeah i think so i think they're, once, they're increasing the hate and losing the numbers love it that's what it is rob yeah they, sh- they need to employ a statistician and and start to start, re- start thinking about this strategy you i do. don't think there's uh <laughs> <laughs> have you seen an opening big <laughs> no not really but i don't think their recruitment plan is uh you know too good they're, they're mainly families that are involved with that and like you say rob mm. the church in inverted comments it's yeah. not really a church so to speak they've kind of no. they're hiding behind religion which probably doesn't exist but, yeah. i mean they take the bible as if well, uh, well and they really what i just w- said as if that's w- a freudian slip as is i should have said sorry um well, well, look, <laughs> but as if is totally correct well, but what they're really doing also is forming a, a placard and a platform for them to be mental. Most like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. If people should, if someone is, is mental, but not actually with a, an actual d- mental disease, I mean being a, a twat, well, an idiot. Mental like, they, disease, they know what they're saying. I was going to say, mental disease. They haven't lost their minds. Is very, they're, they're aware of what they're saying, and, they're, and it's morally preposterous. Yeah. And uh, it, it should be should be noted by people that uh, and challenged mm. and uh, pulled apart, dissected, and verbally destroyed through argument and debate. Mental health is very different from brainwashing, Rob. Yes, yeah, I'd like to think so. Well, I mean, it can be the same. The con- the conditions are, are pretty similar, but there is a, there's a cognizance to mm. brainwashing that isn't in mental health issues. Separate thing, beef. Separate thing, Rob. Yeah. Anyway, with Dr. Snip, yeah. uh, other mobile vasectomy services are probably available. Probably available, could well be. Pre- um, perhaps and, they've you know, cornered the maybe market. It's, maybe it's something you do just want done in your own home. I mean, that's, you know, do, do maybe yeah. on the side they can do spray tans as well. At the same time. Yeah. There's, there's such a thing as mobile spray. They come to your house. 
I'm, they put up a little shower curtain thing, <laughs> and they go I've out. Never, I can safely say, Rob, I've never had a. No, I, well, of course I haven't either. Beef. Um, I mean, really? I, it was it was a, a girl I was seeing for a time back uh, in New Zealand, and your uh, man has been on stage. And, Rob, you may need to have a tan to look good for the crowd. Well, no, and also let's not forget, I am one sixteenth Maori, so getting a tan's not really much of a challenge for me, Beef, <laughs> okay, as opposed to people from uh, your part of the world. But uh, this particular got, lady that got that I've I was, got Roman through me, Rob. Yeah, Roman. That's a Welsh heritage. Yeah, you're actually not ne- nearly as pasty as some of those ginger ones. <laughs> no, true. Yeah. We're, we're, we're yeah. a little bit olive skinned, the Welsh. Weirdly enough, nowadays. Okay. A lot of Italians and, Ro- yeah. like I said, Roman ancestry in right. uh, South Wales, especially. Okay. Well, forget that. So you don't need you don't get spray tans either. Is no. that right? why? No. And but uh, but the point. I don't was, need one anyway. This particular uh, young I'm lady not... that got the spray tan that I was yes. there that time, yeah, yeah, I felt quite put out by it because obviously I was at, at that point of time the affection of her eye, oh. and uh, but the rule was for the evening that I wasn't allowed to lay a finger on her because it would it was uh, still ruin, drying. Ru- it would ruin the spray tan. Streaks, Rob. Well, how does this work? Yeah. This is supposed to be f- for me, and now it's working out with me being pushed to the side. I, I used to go out with a girl long time ago that had her own sunbed in her house. She, yeah, she must be shriveled up by now. Can- uh, cancer in that? Not sure, man. Yeah. Not sure. Don't haven't really touched base with her, to be honest. But yeah, she lo- she loved a bit of the old fluoro sunbed action. Actually, that's one thing that must have haven't been heard about for a long time. Is the well, old they got, sunbed they got cancer banned, didn't they? Did they actually get banned? Yeah, especially in Australia, definitely. Right. I mean, they used to imagine be- if that was your business. There Ima- was. Imagine. There were lots and lots of like right. uh, tanning places. That's yeah, why yeah. spray tans became more popular because they banned the sunbed. Right. An actual banning. I'm hundred percent sure that sunbeds got banned mainly because of the cancer thing that we talked about. Mm. I don't doubt it, beef. It's a thing of the past. Sunbeds and smoking. Yeah. Yeah. In Victoria, Rob, it is an offence under the Radiation Act 2005. There was a Radiation Act to conduct a commercial tanning practice, also known as a solarium. Wow. There you go. Two thousand. That's a long time ago. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I was so, here. but you're allowed to privately own one in your house, though, then? Um, It'd be hard a, to find. That's a good question. Who, who would buy you them? Personally surely, own one. I'm sure you can. They can't ban you from owning your own Commercial one. solarium be, units were actually banned in Australia. Banned. Right. 1st of January 2015. Well, that's uh, that probably sounds more recent. Yeah. What is more recent, obviously, than 2007. Oh, here we go. News. As of 27th of January 2021, Rob, mm. sometimes I'll use it twice a day. Ali's used illegal solariums for years. I was going to say. Now. Black, black market solariums. Black market solariums. <laughs> so in January 2015, commercial solariums were banned across Australia, excluding Western Australia because they're rogue. Yeah. Who banned it in 2016. But because of the serious health, oh, because of the serious health risks involved when using them. But after the ban, many people are going to dangerous lengths to achieve a tan. Mm. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, these illegal solarium importers, they should get in touch with like the coke dealers and that do a combo deal hide the cocaine in the solariums because if they're going to find the solariums yeah anyway well they're going to find it but you know but if they don't find it two for one you know so there you go and to me i wouldn't be i mean people who would like to regularly suntan i can imagine them being uh of the sort of persuasion of the uh of liking to give you a bit a bit of the old sniffy up and about beef does that seem like an unlike and it just reminds me of the 80s basically <laughs> yes. yes and an unlikely you know a bright 
you know, a white person who's very olive in the middle of winter yeah. and sniffing a well, lot. Well, you remember, well, you're a massive Seinfeld fan. Remember Kramer got addicted? He certainly did. He did. He says, although commercial solariums are banned, it is still legal to own one in your own home as long as you don't charge anyone a fee to use them. I mean, who's going to know? You do, do a little exactly. cashy. But then again, I mean, what? How? who would be that insane that they'd be that desperate to get in there? Here you go, Rob. During the 19th century, the colour of your skin would distinguish the rich from the poor. Oh, well, of course. Well, that, this is the whole but, thing. In, but in, the other way around. The whiter your skin, the richer you were. Well, yeah, that's exactly how. So so you hear Asian people and uh, and Indian people, in fact, are the same. I remember some of the ladies in the warehouses would look at other, your skin and go, oh, God, look how white you are. Because if you're getting tan skin, it means you're out plowing yeah. the fields. Yes. Doing the working class. Not on holiday. Like, yeah. And to be poor is to be shamed. Be mm. ashamed. Yeah, that's shameful. true. <laughs> it's very true. So there you go. <laughs> oh, that was good. I, I never used it, by the way, when I was seeing yeah. that girl. She used to use it. I never did. I wonder if there's... Well, is there any other modern sort of uh, at-home services they do these days that used to not be a thing? Off the top of your head, can you think of any? Um, like, uh, do hairdressers come to your house now? I would assume so. Uh, uh, surely a doctor's house calls the thing. Uh, no, well, not. no, they're, they're, you can get them on Medicare, Rob, and bulk billing. Really? Yeah, if okay. they always tell you. I mean, obviously, during COVID, it was a big thing because mm. you weren't allowed out. Yeah, right. Um, so I've still the, not had the, the COVID, you know. The nurse at home deal. Yeah, right. Did so, you know they're still talking about... At ABC, they talked about COVID for about two hours. Do they? Oh, it was boring. There's another wave coming wrong. Well, another so what? Coming? It's a cold that lasts it for is, three yeah. days. Like, who, Although, who cares? There's still uh, quite a few people dying from COVID. Don't, let's not brush over that. Oldies. Fact. Oldies that have other health issues. Yeah. Because it exacerbates the other health get, issues. They just get, a, you know, what? I, I mean, I, you can't do nothing about that beef. Well, no, because they're already old and decrepit. That's yeah. the thing. But it's just their time. Unfortunately, it's not, it's not good though. It's not it's, good. Of course, it's sad. But um, what, what are your plans when you're ninety six? You, you already said you're not going to make it. If I make ninety six, there's going to be some modern medical revolution that's happened. Right. There's going to be the magic pill that makes us live twenty years well, older. If you were to imagine yourself at ninety six, what are you envisioning? Like how how immobile, completely yeah, immobile. I'm going to be a drain on society. A, I won't be contributing a, to society like, at 96. You'll be a wheelchair bloke, like slovenly, sort of Stephen Hawking style. Not, no, well, at least he contributed to society. That's true. I, I, yeah, if I'm 96, I ain't contributing to society. Mm. I'm going to be a drain on my family. I'm going to be a drain on everyone around me. And I'm going to be taking so many drugs. It's not funny. You could still do the stats, you know. Ban on solariums in England would save hundreds of lives, Rob, from May 2022. There's still solarium in England. That's because they don't have uh, so much sun, but but I mean, in term, and they don't have such a heightened awareness and anxiety around skin cancer there because it's not that you know it's not like here. Unbelievable! That, you know, you've never heard of an English slip slop slap campaign. No, not yet. No. But global warming, Rob. It's only round the corner. It is right there. Yeah. Anyway, what you been up to? Anything exciting? I was just trying to think because I, I don't think I have done anything there. So oh, I played that gig at the, at the Romsey, um, the tattoo parlor. Oh, in Romsey. you did it! They, I did it on Sunday. Did you do more than I words? Did, I didn't do more than oh, words. Beef. What's I did going on? six, six of my own. I think still seven of my own in one cover. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of you know you know when you go to those festivals or some sort of event in a park or something and there's like a sausage sizzle oh, and, yeah, and yeah. people walking around talking and there might be some guy after back background playing yeah. acoustic or something that yeah. no one's paying attention to that was you that was me 
Ah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So me, me, and all the other performers. It was just Brilliant. sort of um, bi- uh, bikies. And Do you remember we, when we went to the World Tree Climbing Championships in San Antonio? Yep. there was that at the it back. It was ex- exactly like that. Yeah. Although they had a proper, they had a bit of a stage at least. They did have a stage. Oh, was yeah. it just you on a chair? Was it? Uh, no, I don't sit. I stand up. Okay. But it was in like kind of uh, what felt like an outdoor barbecue area. What day was this? Sunday morning. Was Sunday quite, about was, midday on it was Sunday. Quite warm Sunday as well. Ah, uh, Romsey was pretty windy up of Romsey. Yeah. Um, and then I did the afternoon shift in the shop. Oh, nice. But I uh, enjoyed myself. How did I perform? I did all right. I sing pretty well. <laughs> Were there many I people at a... the Tattooist Christmas party in the park? There was about 300. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. He's got a lot of customers. 300 people ignoring me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, the thing that is, uh, is ridiculous yeah. is that you finish a song and, uh, you f- and you've performed it well and not nothing. one, nothing. No, not one applause, nothing. Not, they're not even looking at you. They're yeah. looking away. I go, okay, well, I'll just get used to this and this is how it's going to be. Yeah. And then you finish and you go walking through the crowd. I go, great set. set. All these people going, oh, that was great, mate. Good stuff. I'm just like, <laughs> screw you, knobhead. <laughs> you suck. I hate you. <laughs> Leave me alone. Did you do, I mean, I mean... Did you do Sweet Caroline? Did you do uh, Hotel no, California? the guy before me did like all songs oh, like he, that. He got him going. And no, he got ignored as well. <laughs> and he had, he, had a, he had his own program backing tracks. Oh, so reggae, reggae in, man! From, uh... <laughs> it's not unlike reggae man. Yeah, although he was at least he's playing guitar as well. Right. I did one. I did a song called "Exit" by U2. Really? Yeah, very oh, unknown one. The old, uh, it's off the Joshua Tree yeah, album it? track. It's yeah. not in the first four tracks, then. Nah, because they're the bangers. <laughs> then everyone turns it <laughs> off. This is track ten, actually. Yeah. Well, it's the run up to Christmas. We've we've heard a bit of uh, Kareem Benzema. Yeah. Are, yeah. You, are you feeling festive beef? Uh, who's in, what are you doing for Christmas? Actually, uh, are you taking charge in the kitchen. You're going to do one of your special microwave pizzas for? No, them? no, no. Um, we're having duck actually for Christmas. Okay. Roast, roast, roast duck, duck. and natu- roast. Duck's challenging. I'm not doing it. You gotta, you gotta get it bang on. No, no, you, get, you gotta dry it now. We've we've learned how to do it. Okay, we butterfly it. Yep. Put it in the fridge for three days so yep. it dries out. Yeah. And then you roast it. Okay. It's bloody good. It wouldn't take long to roast, though. I wouldn't. No, think. Yeah. I was talking about this exact same thing today. Yeah. They reckon an hour. Yeah. Hour, hour tops. Like a chicken. I do love a bit of duck. I had duck for tea actually. Weirdly enough, oh, but that's um, good stuff. We've had nachos the last couple of years as well. So nachos for tea, duck for lunch, nachos for tea. Duck for lunch and nachos. How good's that? How good a Christmas is that? That's pretty good. Did yeah. you do like a Peking style duck? Um, I get, think we just. I think we're just sauce? doing crispy, crispy roast. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, too full on. No, but today, what did you have? Oh no, just duck breast done in the air fryer. I think. And you, you just sit there and it just gets made for you, sort of thing. Yeah. Jesus, unbelievable. Yeah, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Run up to Christmas. I'm not a big Christmas fan, Rob. I love Christmas. Do you? I love the food and the drinking. Yeah. Then the cricket comes on the next day, which is always <laughs> great. And New Zealand, what are New Zealand doing this year? I, I have a feeling there's a test match starting v Pakistan on the 27th, not on Boxing Day. Okay, all right. I think that's how it's going to work, okay. which will be in New Zealand, I assume. Well, I'm, I'm thinking so. Yeah. Thinking so. Um, I see England just uh, so beat them again with uh, not many, oh, actually quite a bit of time to spare, but not many runs to spare. Yeah, right. I think right. They, run the t- uh, they won a test by 26. Six runs. Is the Boxing Day test this year? Western South Indies? Africa. It's South Africa, I thought it was. Yeah, Western Indies is finished. They're finished. So it's South Did Africa. Did they lose that test? Yes, easily. Uh, I think on Saturday they start the first test in Brisbane right. against South Africa up in Brisbane. Right. And then the second test is in Melbourne. Have you been enjoying some of David Warner's comments lately? I think David Warner has been pretty quiet. 
apart from he reacted to not being able to be a captain. Yeah. I think the more comments, the more inflationary, inflationary? Uh, from Kent. Inflammatory comments, yeah. I should say, yeah. from his manager and his wife. Right. Well, she's just been on Triple M for the last few weeks uh, doing the morning show, Candace Warner. Yeah. Have you heard? She's talking about um, how positive she is about Botox. Oh, really? That's a great thing. It makes you feel sure, better about herself. I'm sure the Triple M 95% male listenership yeah, been enjoying are it. really loving the Botox chat. Yeah, she's, she's all right. She's, it, was, it was very honest. Very. Uh, yeah? She was quite unflappable, quite forward about it. That's yeah. when it, oh, I was on, because I played golf at uh, Trentham Friday morning. That's oh, right. yeah. And I was on the way out there. I was listening to oh. it. I was getting educated. I sure thought, you oh, were. I'll be, be feared like this. Yep. Um, but you missed it, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Don't really uh, claim to. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, wouldn't listen if she was on. Okay, at all. Yeah, that wouldn't even grace my ears, Rob. Got, uh, call be first time caller, long time <laughs> listener. <laughs> Are you watching any of the World Cup? Some upsets. I actually, in the World I, Cup? I hadn't, but I just thought I'd check the results uh, this morning to see where it's at. What happened with England? I mean, what was that? Yeah, they lost. Didn't score as many it goals as France. Well, that's right. But, but they blew it. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they blew it, Rob. I couldn't believe it again. Shame Brazil. France always gets through. Why? Oh. Why are the French so good? It's a good question. It's a good question because they got a crap league. Yeah, I mean they're, they're literally a one-team league. Mm-hmm. The Qatarians yep. win the league every year because they got money. But obviously, Croatia beat Brazil. Mm. Croatia, same population as Wales, Rob, and they're yeah. in the World Cup semi-finals. Yeah, and we're and, and really in and Morocco, of course. What a what an effort by them! Ranked twenty uh, seventh in the world. Oh, look at you! Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, they beat uh, Portugal one 0 didn't they? So uh, it's going to be interesting to see who makes the final. In fact, I don't. So even the Argy Bargies are against France, aren't they? Uh, no, they're playing Croatia. They're playing Croatia. Yes, and so that Morocco is... got France. That's ten, as we go to bed tonight. I think uh, that kicks off at six a.m. and then France Morocco is when Wednesday night, Thursday morning, six a.m. Okay. starts. So nobody, and then the final for Sunday. I think so. Yeah, I think so. It would be quite amazing if Croatia get through the final, and I can't see France losing to Morocco. But you never know. Morocco have done so well together. Never know. I want to come back to the Spanish coach, though. I know, I know, Spain are out, um, but Spain's manager Luis Enrique is the quote of the tournament, mm. and you we're never going to get past this. He got asked about where he draws the line about players having sex before games. And he well, says, "Well, hang on. How can he can't draw a line on that? What? You well, can't ban players from doing that. Some teams have. What if it's, a, it's their wife and they're trying well, for a baby or something? <laughs> well, they, they've got to take time off if they're trying for a baby. But well, what? There are teams. You, you can't do that. There are teams, That's especially mental. in World Cups, that you, ban sex you, during the you tournament. You can't tell a husband he can't have sex with his wife. That's mental. <laughs> That's completely insane. Well, Louis Enrique came out and said after being asked about this, he yeah. says, "I don't mind." Playing players having sex the night before matches but i draw the line at orgies <laughs> well i think that's fair enough yeah. i mean yeah i mean it's i'm glad he's cleared that up yeah. for all those who had, who had been says, uh, it's ridic- had that in mind it's Just, ridiculous to ban it it's something i consider mm. totally normal but if you're at an orgy the night before a match then yeah. obviously that's not ideal but when i'm a club coach players are home the night before a game and it's not something that worries me but at the same time if that was someone's idea was to go for the group option and it, and they've been successful throughout their career then uh continue surely if it works it works yes 
If it works, it works. I mean, I'm sure Diego Maradona in his prime, he would have been out just going mad, and he would have had the game of his life. And then, when you have the game of your life, it becomes routine. Yeah, you've got to keep doing it. Mm. Did they have drug tests back in the year then? When did they bring in drug tests? Oh, back 1990-ish, late 80s. Into soccer. Well, that's when he got caught, wasn't it? 1990. Right on the dot. I think First so. Year. Well, that's why I know that's when because eighty six they still reckoned he was on the on the happy powder. Yeah. In eighty six. And yeah. in ninety, I'm pretty sure that's when he got uh, that's when he got caught. When he got done. That's hilarious. Hmm. Well look that up in the break. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah. Everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Links. Beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Jeff Fennick, and this is 365 Days of Sport. Let's take a walk now with Big Master Walker. He's got the ripping gags. I was just about to say, um, I was almost hoping to hear the David Boone's thing. Were you? Yeah, I always wanted to come back. Yeah, I almost do as well. We're not, we're not long to go with uh, Maxie Walker's jokes. I think there's only about four chapters left. And we've moved on now to uh, boxing and wrestling, hence why uh, Jeff Fennick came up and said hello there. Good to hear from him again. Big fan of yours, Rob. Big yeah. fan of yours. Oh, I remember. So boxing and wrestling, Rob. Maxie Walker's sports jokes. Okay. I love it when journalists write... It was a great conflict. A real conflict is when one man wants to be a boxer and the other a violinist. And they're Siamese twins. Mm, that's going to be a challenge. Co-joined twins. Yeah. Can't yeah. say Siamese yeah. twins. Is that a thing now? What? Why is that? Because the first ever known ones were from... Siam. Siam. Yeah. What's wrong got... with that? Um, well, I suppose if you're American... You don't want to be called Siamese twins. You want to be Why? called... Why? Why are you insulted by being I called I don't know, because Americans get insulted about lots of things, Rob. Not really. Depends who you talk to. Have you not read Twitter not, lately? <laughs> not not Charlie Andrews. Anyway, yeah. Congratulations, by the way, to Charlie Andrews. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion right. in some tournament over the weekend. Oh, good work. Double winner as well. Double medalist, Still apparently. Still going. Still going. He's looking a lot fitter, actually. A lot fitter. Right. Unbelievably. There are winners and there are losers. I don't want to say he's a loser, but they once threw him out of the library for being too quiet. I mean... That's not a joke. The first burglar cried out, Let's get out of here! I've just realised we've broken into Jeff Fennick's house! The second burglar said... Is that a fluke? Or did you plan all this? (coughs) What do you mean, is that a fluke? Well, because you played the Jeff Fennick thing before, and now this is a Jeff Fennick joke. Rob, why do you think it takes me days and days to write this show, whereas you just sit there and turn up? (laughs) Things don't happen by fluke, Rob. It's just in the look on his face like this nodding, like, huh? How about that, guys? The second uh... burglar said, don't let it bother you. I know for a fact that he won't fight anyone for anything less than a quarter of a million dollars. Um, I didn't really listen to that one. The first uh... burglar cried out, let's get out of here. I've just realised we've broken into Jeff Fennick's house. Yeah, the second burglar said, don't let it bother you. I know for a fact he won't fight anyone for anything less than a quarter of a million dollars. Uh... God, it must have been painful writing that book. What that man knows about boxing would fill a hospital. What? That doesn't even make sense. Anyway, he was famous for his three-legged punch. He used to hit them with his stool. <laughs> That's quite good. I like that one. It's got a bit of silliness about yes. it. Yes. Just think of it, said the over-the-hill boxer. Tonight, millions will watch me box on television. Yes, said the manager, on the know the result at least ten seconds before you do. He was taking a terrible beating, 
and as he stumbled back to his corner and sat on his stool, his manager looked at him and said, Let him hit you with his left hand. Your face is becoming lopsided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that was the boxing one, was That's it? That's boxing. I just realised it was boxing about for three to a couple ago. <laughs> oh. Right, on this day in I'm sp- just trying to think of other more interesting things, Beef. Like uh, I know, just, there's uh, lots of other more interesting things in that book. It's, the, the, it's, I, yeah, anyway. No, no, there's None of us are laughing. No, well, we're laughing at Maxie. Unfortunately, Maxie's no longer with us. To, we can absolutely pull to pieces, Rob. Um, happy birthdays, pro wrestler Junkyard Dog. Do you remember the junkyard dog? dog. He used to come in with a collar and a big chain. Don't remember him. Uh, In fact, I'd never seen him. Really? Mm. Junkyard dog. Unfortunately, he died in 1998. Junkyard Um, dog. Junkyard dog. Junkyard dog. I I wonder where he came up with that idea. Canadian Hockey Hall of Famer. Hey, Bob Gainey. Yeah. Bob Gainey's birthday today, 1953, Bob. That's good. NFL defensive end Richard Dent from the world-famous Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. From the, uh, what were they? De- what were their defense called in the 1985 with the fridge and all them? They had a name. I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, NFL coach Rex Ryan. Happy birthday, Rex, if you're listening. Russian NHL center Sergei Fedorov. Happy birthday, Sergei. Irish rugby halfback Peter Stringer. Polish swimmer. Otalia Jedrzejczak, happy birthday, Otalia, and American golfer, happy birthday, Ricky Fowler, if you're listening. Hey, someone I know. Someone we know. There was a, a big list there of people that we didn't really know. In 1942, Racing Club Lons striker Stefan Stanis scored 16 goals in a 32-0 French Cup win. 1983, Detroit Pistons beat Denver Nuggets 186-184 in triple overtime. Wow. Set several NBA records. Most points scored in a game. Combined score. Most field goals. Uh, yeah, uh. 1986, the Australian Rugby League team completed their nine-week tour of England and France undefeated when they beat French in Carcassonne 52-0. Uh, the Kangaroos had been Great Britain, 38-16, 34-4, and 24-15 previous. English midfielder Brian Robson scored the fastest goal in the international match at Wembley. Scored after 38 seconds against Yugoslavia in 1989. Oh, more basketball. Ah, in 2006, an agreement was signed in Berlin, resulting in former athletes who were victims of East Germany's systematic doping program getting a one-time payment as compensation. Uh, East I forgot about East Germany. Yeah, 167 recognized victims all got $12,210. What did the East German flag look like? Do you know, that's a very good question. I think it was very similar to the German flag, but it had a logo in the middle. Right. So it was uh, the orange, red, and white. Yeah. But it had some kind of thing. Yeah, I think it did. I'd have to look that up just probably to confirm. A, probably a sickle. Uh, Steph Gilmore became the first person in history to win the world title in a rookie year in 2007. Uh, she was a surfer, Rob, if you don't know. Um, Stephanie Gilmore. Steph Gilmore, yeah. yeah. I know her. And in 2010, Brett Favre's NFL record streak of 297 straight starts ended when he failed to suit up for the Minnesota Vikings 21-3 loss to the New York Giants. So there you go. On this day in sport, Rob. I thought he might have had to go and do his part in something about Mary. Yes, that was on TV. Uh, yes, today or day before, yeah, I think. It's a great one. It is a good film, actually. I, I think at that when he was on that, I think he was was a Green Bay Packers he was with. He would have been. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. They're they're the green and the yellow. Yes, they are. Yeah. And he went on after that. He was part of the Vikings, and then he went to the Jets. So it could have been the other way around, New York. Anyway, let's uh, do this. My 
some interesting OnlyFans news of late. Right. But... How's this? We've read about all these women making millions well, from it's, it's OnlyFans. Well, now it's like uh, every second person that pops up on some articles on bloody OnlyFans. Yeah. But how's this? Brazilian UFC fighter Amanda Ribas has not been able to monetize her appeal on OnlyFans, unlike some other female athletes. Mm. Subscription-based social media platform emerged in recent times as an alternate revenue source for female athletes in particular, with former UFC fighter Paige Van Zandt claiming to have attained financial stability through the platform. Several other current and former UFC fighters like Misha Tate, Jessica Andre, Jessica Penne, and Hannah Goldie, amongst others, have joined OnlyFans and made lots of money. Mm -hmm. However, the platform's revenue-earning model is primarily based on sexual content, Rob, which is not within Rebus's comfort zone. Rebus claims not to judge those who do, but the Brazilian herself is unwilling to post the sexy photos in front of exclusive fans, the 29-year-old said. Hey, uh, for me, it's not my vibe to do some sexy photos. For me, I don't judge, but for me, like I said... I'd be quite embarrassed. Yep. So she's well, not making... Well, I mean, it obviously wasn't quite... She must have not done her research, really. Yeah. Maybe she could... Uh, I mean, how's your progress with your motivational speaking ideas? Oh, uh, I've fans? been a bit busy recently. A bit busy? Has yeah. it quite come together? Well, not I mean, quite. maybe she could try something like that if she doesn't want to do the whole uh, There's, declothing process. Well, what process. we just seen, um, Derek Chisora... The boxer. Yep. Um, we we saw Tony Bellew. I think Andy Ruiz is now on OnlyFans. So I don't know. Perhaps it's people becoming would... a more versatile thing. I think so. So the uh... but do you, you pay each person separately? It's not like you pay a fee and you just no. Get you have access. to you have to subscribe to, to each one person. person. Yeah. So the um... that's great. So I mean, how much would it, my... does it cost? Well, well it some charge? some cost ridiculous amounts. Yeah. But I mean, it's in the region of five to twenty dollars a month. How? A How? month, Rob. So my Better by Beef, getting better by Beef, yeah. my channel on OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be probably fifty thousand a month. Okay, for very exclusive content. Sure, very exclusive. If, if, well, Talking about no doubt information and words oh. that like I mean you would have put a lot of work into like pilfering it from other people. Exactly to then regurgitate it. I do the work, so yeah. you don't have to. That's what it is. Talking about uh, Better by Beef. Is it better than the beef? Probably. Here you go, Rob. This is the first time we, we're going to venture into when, this When area. did I last say that it, I had like a half one that was half better or something the other day, didn't I? Um, I'm not too sure. Normally they're not better. Normally they're not better, but nah. this is going to be an interesting one for you to judge. Okay. I'm, a, li- I'm listening intently. A 22-year-old Oregon horse with... I was sure you are going to say something else for a minute. There. With no eyes broke three Guinness World Records. I keep he- hearing this Oregon week. whore. Oregon horse. Get your head out of the gutter, Rob. It was just it sounded like it sounded like you were going to say that beef at all. A 22-year-old Oregon horse with no eyes broke three Guinness World Records. The highest free jump by a blind horse. The most. Well, hang on. How how many blind horses are there out there attempting feats? Attempting world record? I don't know, but it says it broke the records. It didn't set them. So obviously there's some it has previous been done before. Yeah. Uh, the most flying changes by a horse in 1 minute and the fastest time for a blind horse to weave through five poles. <laughs> Morgan Wagner of Cavallis said she was allowed to choose her horse Endo from her grandmother's herd when she was only 13. Wagner said Endo started having eye problems when he was 8 and he was diagnosed with equine recurrent uvitis which eventually led to his eyes being removed. 
Right. Uh, so he'd at least learnt with sight before. Well, it. so it's more of a Beethoven type of scenario. If that's the case, yeah. He was very scared in the beginning, so I took him for walks around the barn and then moved on to walks around the property. Everything was in small steps. Uh, the now 20... How old do horses live, by the way? I don't uh, even know. I think they get, get up to like 30. Okay. 22-year-old horse showed he still has the skills by taking on the trio of records. Each record was something Hendo already knew. We just had to practice and fine-tune it. He learned to jump again after going blind because he competed in a discipline that required upper-level riding and obstacle work and in that discipline, he became national champion at the highest level. Endo jumped three feet and five inches into the air to break the record for highest free jump by a blind horse. Three feet? That's like a meter. I suppose he's blind. He then completed 39 flying changes in 60 seconds to break the record. And then he also broke the record fastest time for a blind horse to weave through five poles, completing it in 6.93 seconds. Pretty good. It feels amazing that Endo is three world records. I'm very grateful to Guinness for letting us have a platform for blind horses to show the world they're still capable of anything. Mm. So what do you reckon? Is is a blind horse doing stuff better than a beef rob? Well, it is a difficult one to adjudicate because it's it's not really comparable in, in many ways. I mean, uh, well, first of all, a lot of humility in, in, from your behalf, Beef, to be willing to put yourself in the round of being com- compared to a debilitated horse. Yeah. So uh, immediately, uh, okay, well, let's say, let's let's think about it. I mean, there's a, this is a real physical, just a straight out physical feat. Yeah. And obviously the horse is not doing it on its own. No. There'll be a, a person abroad. So, I, I mean, I'm... Yeah, I'm guessing there is a person abroad. <laughs> it's going to have a lot of trust in that person, Rob. I mean, if, if a, a blind horse could do it on their own accord, then it's definitely better. Yes, especially weaving but through poles. if there's a... Uh, a rider on a board, which they definitely would be. Cause they, I mean, well, we had one of Boonies' I mean, there's, there's no other way that the horse could possibly know that there's even something to do without mm. having some guidance. He's not going to have an instinct or a vibe where there's a t- competition on and goes, no. I reckon. He, won't, he, he actually has had, had his eyes removed. He did have his eyes removed. Um, I got a question: Why he's actually out there? If he's got, if it's a, ho- a blind horse, should be doing anything really? In fact, I've probably I've, it's tough to say why should they even be alive. Yeah. What? What's a? He's a pet, though. He's a he's a bit of a pet. This horse. Yeah. Chosen specifically by his master. See, this is because whenever you hear someone say a nod is as good as a wink to a blind horse. <laughs> yes. Like you never actually think that there are blind horses. No, that's true. I just assume it's just some silly thing that people say. But, mm. but now we actually have world records in the Guinness World Records for, book. Specifically, specifically for blind, for blind horses. horses. Yeah. Ah, well, let's see. Is Beefy better than a debilitated horse? I'm glad you've I, had to think about I, this. I have to really think about this. <laughs> because what are we judging here? We're judging the partnership between... The the man and the blind horse, man and beast, Rob. Man and beast is is was that connection a spectacular enough achievement? But I to think outdo what you're saying is right. Six months, it's, it of doesn't blind. do it by itself. It's it's taking direction from its rider, and but also how much time and effort has been put into like does this horse simply has taken it can just wind back the clock to the old sight days muscle memory and, and then it just says yeah and and as you said three feet it's not very high it's not it? very high especially then what for we horse. saw puissance my, my, we uh, did see uh, puissance mind you in london he is blind and he's 22 this is the other thing i'm oh, sorry i don't mind about the blind stuff he he's is blind 22. he's 22 this horse so he's probably got oh. a bit of uh, osteoarthritis kicking around there you know what beef uh, I've got to say, on this particular occasion, yeah, 
I'm, I'm giving it to the horse. Wow, yeah. there you go, a blind the, horse. I'm afraid your achievement is not as good as, as this blind a malfunctioning... And let's, uh, let's put it this way, he's set three world records on the same I mean, day. It's not a jackass, it's a jack horse. Is it? Well, no, it's functioning. It's, it's, it's functional. Yeah. It's not glue yet, Rob. He's not glue yet. Now, didn't... Go on, now. No, no, well, I was just saying, because remember when we determined the other day, because what's a mule and an ass and a donkey and all that that's a long time ago and and the ass the ass is the family is the is the, is oh, the overriding from the ass family yeah right the equine is obviously the horse yes so donkeys and mules are both asses right but a mule's a half horse remember okay so a mule's actually could go both where are we going with this it? i was just trying to recall it okay. because that's, that's why we can't call it a jackass right jack, jack horse okay all right thanks for that because i mean no, i know why it was it's because <laughs> I was complaining about how people say, oh, here in Australia, we don't say ass, we say ass. Ass, And and it's it's not referring to one's backside. No. It's referring to the the donkeys. Yes, very true. And that that family. Mm. So you don't change it to that. Because a jackass is a dysfunctional donkey. Right. It's not someone who's having problems with their bowels or something like that. No. Nothing to do with that. No, no. Okay, so. You're good now? Yeah. Okay. You twat. Right. Hot vegan news, Rob. Yeah. Vegan to run from dawn till dusk in memory of turkeys slaughtered for Christmas dinner. A vegan campaigner is set to run from what, dawn what, till dusk. What? In memory of a turkey. dawn turkey dawn till dusk dinner? What did you say? Vegan to run from dawn till dusk yeah. in memory, a memory of. of turkeys slaughtered for Christmas dinners. Right, now I understand. In in memory of them. In memory of them, yeah, it's quite interesting. I don't know how the turkey's going to pay tribute to Rory Cockshaw, 21 from Bristol. Yeah. He was inspired to take on the almost eight-hour race after meeting a gorgeous turkey called Harriet. Right. Rory, who's going to wear a hat shaped like a turkey for the challenge, says he hopes he's from Brizzle. Says he hopes people realise that veganism is possible after going animal-free myself since 2020. It also prompted many of his family members to follow suit. Mm -hmm. Hearing that farmers are trying to protect turkeys from bird flu so that they can be slaughtered didn't sit right with me, especially after meeting a turkey myself. 12 million turkeys were slaughtered in total in the UK in 2021, and 16 million were killed in 2020. I don't think that's very Christmassy. Well, dawn till dusk in the English winter, that's about five hours. Well, they say eight hours here. Okay. He's going to do it on December 21st, shortest day of the year. Yep. Um, Cop out. Actually, it's seven hours, 49 minutes, Rob. Okay. They actually, they're actually coming mm. out to uh, say, I'll be running from dawn till dusk. Give me turkey out in memory of all the animals that will be killed this Christmas. I'm raising money for oh. Viver. A vegan campaigning charity, because I believe the most effective way of helping turkeys by helping consumers to realise that maybe we shouldn't be eating turkeys. Veganism is totally possible. Well, uh, look, you're, you're, he's quite welcome to his point of view, Beef, and, yeah. uh, and I'm pleased that he's uh, going about his business, and uh, I hope he enjoys his run, but... I don't think the effect will be a broad one. No. Uh, Rory has a vegan dinner planned for Christmas Day. This year, I'll be having meatless chicken as part of my roast. It's not chicken. 
Good point. It's made from wheat and soy protein. Uh, the first time I tried it, I had to double-check the packaging to make sure it wasn't real chicken. Because it tasted so nice. Probably does. Probably plus, does taste nice. Plus, yep. apparently, according to Rory Cockshaw, it's way cheaper than buying meat. I, I disagree I, I with severely that. I'm severely questioning that one. And then those, co- those vegan products are expensive as I hell. I know. We have them a couple the, of times the, a week. The process to make them is, is yep. so lengthy. This is his final statement. Going plant-based over the festive season feels much more Christmassy per me. Mm. I was just feeling about this uh, yeah. turkey that I'm yeah, not supposed sure, to have. Yeah. Going plant-based over the festive season feels much more Christmassy than the alternative. I'm not sure that's the case, Rory. Look, have your vegan Christmas and enjoy yourself. I'm all, I'm all for everyone just doing what they enjoy, Beef. Yeah. But he's he's pissing in the wind, really. <coughs> he basically is. It's, it's, I can't disagree with that statement, Rob. I mean, I mean, how it's like one of the longest traditions in Western society. Yeah. How are you going to really break that down, mate? I, I, he's I doing can't his see bit. Happening. He's trying to do his bit. I mean, and not everyone has turkeys, you know. It's particularly very down true. The, in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less and less, and less because of the just the weather. And basically. and in my health state as well, I'm not even allowed to eat no, turkey. Of course, rock. not beef. Banned. Yeah. So I mean, really, it should be you out there running. Thanks, mate. <laughs> I'll bear that in mind. <laughs> hey, bro. If we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass, no grass. Would you eat me to survive? Oh, bro, who'd eat a cow? Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. Hi, I'm Andy Sinton. I'm listening to 365 Days of Sport. How much does Santa pay for parking, Rob? Um, something with some sort of pun with snow or something to do with sleigh. Nothing, Rob, it's on the house! Uh, didn't get it. Yeah, we I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, I get the joke. Yeah, I get, understand thanks. it, but I didn't get the answer. It was, it was more of a, a riddle, really, isn't it? No, it's a cracker joke, Rob. No one's knee slapping over that beef. Maxie Walker would. Booney probably would as well. Has All he right. got a Christmas section for his book? Uh, not that book. Nah. Um, Nick Kyrgios news. He's had to donate £20,000 to charity after the uh, 700 drinks claim. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. He's apparently cleared the air with the woman, mm. a Polish lawyer, Anja Palus, mm-hmm. who sued him for damages. Mm-hmm. He ended up donating $20,000 to Great Ormond Street Kids Hospital, so that's fantastic. But drop in the ocean to Nick because he ended up recently... He didn't play for Australian Davis Cup, not that uh, our mate Leighton picked him, because he went to Saudi Arabia to play basically this dodgy tournament, mm. and he even told a few people that were questioning why he wasn't playing for Australia, he said, oh, because I'm going to Saudi Arabia for a seven or six-figure payday. Okay. Um, he went to Saudi Arabia, he lost in the first round mm. in 21 minutes, right? because they played some weird format in the first round. Mm. And then, because he lost in the f- in the first round, they made him play the doubles. Right. And he had to team up with Stefano Sittipas, yep. who, if you remember at Wimbledon, they don't, there, get, on they, so they well. don't get on. But he, they were very... Got it together. Well, they didn't get it together because they lost in the first round of the doubles as well. Ah. So his singles match lasted 21 minutes and his doubles match lasted 81 minutes. So for about 100 minutes of action, yep. he apparently picked up over $300,000. Pretty good, isn't so it? it's not bad, is it? Good, good on you. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, his, his scruples aren't too good, taking the uh, yep. Saudi money and, and running. But today, he's announced he's going to play the French Open for the first time in six years. Mm. Do you know why he's going to play the French Open, Rob? Um, because he thinks he can win. No. 
He's playing the French Open, which he has dubbed the worst Grand Slam of them yeah, all. Yeah, I think is. I've heard him. He's when he said he hates the tournament. Apparently, his missus wants no. She's from Canberra, I think. Oh. Um, she wants to see Paris, so he thought he'd enter the tournament. Oh, that's a good one. Good. So he's going to be two birds of one stone. So he's going to be taking her up the Eiffel Tower. Amo- oh, sounds fun. Amongst other things. Sounds like a cultural experience. Um, although he did say today, it will be good for me to earn some more money, although I would have preferred to stay at home. Okay, well, good. Well, I've said it many yeah. times and I'm saying it again now. There are too many clay court tournaments on the calendar. Yeah. I see guys in the top 100 that I don't even know. I wouldn't recognize them if I crossed them on the street and they're only there because of playing the clay tournament season. Right. Okay. So that's what he said. Well, that's the way it goes, really, you know. I've got some interesting um, tennis audio here. Have a listen to this. This is Serena Williams. Andy Murray, he oh, he was been joking about um, myself and him playing a match. And I'm like, Andy, seriously, like, are you kidding me? Because for me, tennis and men's tennis and women's tennis are completely almost two separate sports. So I'm like, if I were to play Andy Murray, I would lose 6-0, 6-0 in five to six minutes, maybe ten minutes. Because, it's, no, no, it's true. It's true. It's, Honestly, it's a completely, really? it's a completely different sport. The men are a lot faster, and me and um, they they get they serve harder, they hit harder. It's just a different game. And I love to play women's tennis, and I I only want to play girls because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would not do the tour. I wouldn't do Billie Jean any justice. So Andy, stop it. Yeah, we're not gonna. I'm not gonna let you kill me. Yeah, that's old audio. Is it? That, it? That's David Letterman's voice. Yeah, it popped up on my Facebook feed today, weirdly enough. Right. Yeah, no, I think I've heard her say that before. Yeah. Because uh, who's the guy, um, the big serv- American server? Andy Andy also. Roddick. Andy Roddick. He's also, I think, they a similar conversation with him and okay. her about that. Right. Because she used to tease him because she beat him when they were little kids because oh. he was like 10 and she was 12 so she was a blooming grown woman <laughs> and he was a little boy still so she i think she brought brings that up to tease him but right she, she's she's very open and honest about that yeah and uh yeah that's that that was david letterman's voice it was i did yeah. realize that just now so he's been but you uh, told me the other week he's still doing a few things so i thought oh, i might be a bit more doing, current. oh i don't think he's done because he i don't think she was in the current series Right, but okay. yeah, he had Will Smith was in there, yeah, who played King Richard. Yes, played Serena's so, dad. Serena's dad, and then it was of course pre-slap. They put yeah. up a little thing saying this was before the slap uh, happened. Did they? All right. <laughs> anyway, Rob, what you got for us? Well, top ten beef. Top ten. Oh, gee, I didn't realise. Oh, Sorry, mate. Give it- me, a, give me, give me, go and get the people with the vibe happening with the top ten. Ladies and gentlemen, here's tonight's top ten. <laughs> Talking about David Letterman? Yeah. Wow. There he is. Um, so, uh, was it a few weeks ago we had some sort of thing, linguistic type top 10 that you did? What was that one about? Can you last remember? week, about the similes. and uh... Was it last week or the week before? No, last week. Was it? Yeah. I feel like it was longer ago. He was as tall as a six foot three tree. Oh, there was that one. But there's yeah. another, another one before that. Oh, was there? Anyway. Oh, the one about the baby's names, if they didn't mean something else. Could have been Like that. chlamydia and salmonella. Well, anyway, I have a long-lasting fascination with old-timey phrases. Okay. And the origins of them. Right. 
So this is simply, um, oh, it's not really in order. I just got a top ten, a okay. Top 10 the, of um, things that we just say in everyday life that we've learnt, just grown up and taken on board, that we know basically what they mean, but we don't know what the origins are. Right, really, got ya, got ya. So I'm going to challenge you here, Beef. All right, I'm nice. going to read out the phrase, and we'll just go through the meaning, and then I want you to try and guess what the origin is. Cool, sounds All right. good. Top ten, number ten, first old timey phrase. Yeah. Bury the hatchet. Oh, now you you know what that that means basically yeah, to. But you think about it. I don't know. So it means that it's an end of quarrel or conflict. Yes, it does. But yeah. what are the origins? Been? Yeah, I reckon it's Indian. Na- sorry, can't say that. Native American tribes that uh, may yeah. have been fighting, and they yeah. obviously they used to fight with uh, tomahawks and things. Yeah. So they've as a gesture of goodwill. Yeah. They put down a hatchet and they bury it. Basically, bang on beef. Dur- oh. During negotiations between Puritans and Native Americans, men would bury all of their weapons, making them inaccessible. Fantastic. Till the next Qu- time. Quite an effort to go and bury them. Bit excessive, really. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of labour involved there. There is. Okay. Caught red-handed. Oh. Obviously, uh, meaning is used to indicate that a person has been discovered in or just after the act of doing something yeah, wrong or illegal. but why red The origin, why is it red Is it because when you're trying to steal something and your mother sees you're trying to steal some cookies out of the tin when you're not supposed to, she slaps your hand and it goes red. <laughs> You've been caught red-handed. Uh, that's a pretty good uh, guess, <laughs> but it's well and truly wrong. <sighs> there was an old law stating that if someone butchered an animal that yeah. didn't belong to him, he would only be punished if he was caught with blood on his hands. Ah, so that's obviously where blood on your hands comes as from well. too. If one was caught with the meat uh, but his hands were clean, he would not be punished. Okay. How's that? Right. That's uh, just pretty feral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good one. It's raining cats and dogs, number eight. Meaning is to rain very hard. <laughs> yes. The origin. Um, is it They're, Cockney? It's, it's got two stories. Oh, is it? Yes. Cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> no. Cats and dogs. <laughs> it's flogging it down. <laughs> i got no idea where cats and dogs comes from, this Rob. The has two stories that try to explain its origin. The first explanation says that the origin of this phrase comes from Norse mythology. Oh. What's, what's Norse? From uh, the Nordic from area, Nordic Norway, area. generally. Sure. Okay, where cats would symbolise heavy rains and dogs uh, were associated with the god of storms, Odin. Oh, Odin, yes. He is the, a god of uh, the, thunder. The, the second version says that in 16th century England, houses had thatched roofs, which were one of the few places where animals were able to get warm. Sometimes when it would start to rain heavily, roofs would get slippery and cats and dogs would fall off, <laughs> making it look like it's raining cats and dogs. <laughs> I don't believe the second one. <laughs> How many cats and dogs are on a roof at any given time? To well, just like... yeah. Oh, crazy stuff. Number seven is turn a blind eye. To turn a blind eye, beef. To turn a blind eye is yeah, obviously the... you're trying not to see someone do something. Exactly, to pretend yeah. not to notice. Yeah. Yep. Oh, what you, hence, what's, what's... hence why our blind horse yep. was turning a blind eye to everything. And, and where does this come from, beef? Oh, I don't know. It is believed that the phrase originates with naval hero Horatio Nelson. Oh, because he only had one eye. Who used his blind eye to look through his telescope. (laughs) This way, he was able to avoid signals from his superior who wanted him to withdraw from battle. Right. He attacked 
nevertheless, and was victorious. So okay. that's why he's so turning the, the blind eye, right? Sort of go, oh, well, I didn't see I didn't it. See, I didn't <laughs> see the armada coming. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, one for the road. When you get having a beer and you still say, "Oh, one for the road." One for the road. Well, obviously, oh, it's, it's your last uh, drink before leaving. Your place. last drink yeah. before leaving. Yeah. I don't know why you'd call it one for the road. Is probably to keep you warm in your uh, horse-drawn carriage, because or when you're on a horse. I think you're on kind of on the right track, but it's a bit more dramatic than okay. that. Okay. During the Middle Ages, the condemned ones were taken through what today is known as Oxford Street to their execution. Oh. During this final trip, the cart would stop and they would be allowed to have one final drink before their death. Right. Beautiful. So look at that. So basically, when you said, I'll have one for the road, yeah. you're actually going home to get killed. That's what, that's what so it was back stay, in the if day. if you stay out late, your missus is going to smash you up. Exactly. Being a bad boy. <laughs> One for the road. A whole other meaning. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, number five, we've got give the cold shoulder. Give someone the cold shoulder. Right. Don't know why. Uh, why would you give someone the cold shoulder? No, so yeah. That's to reject or deliberately yes. be unfriendly to. Yeah. yeah. I don't know where the cold shoulder would have come from. The, uh, this saying that is currently considered to describe someone rude uh, was actually considered an act of politeness. Oh. During medieval times in England, after everyone was done feasting, the host would give his guests a cold piece of meat from the shoulder of beef or pork as a way of showing that it was time for everyone to leave. Right. It's the opposite. Kind of is. But yeah. saying that, the host wanted to get rid of you. Uh, yeah, so that's what as it well. is. So it's a, it's a double-edged yes. uh, sword. It's a, what, what we come up with the other day, the fusion? <laughs> it's a sword with two sides. A sword, it's a two-sided sword. <laughs> it's a two-sided sword. <laughs> now, I think that was when I came up with this. Ah, one. right, yeah. I got you. Okay, number four, we've got to kick the bucket. Right. Which obviously, as we know, means when to you die. die. Yeah. Um, I think it's to do with uh, when you're getting hanged and you fall through the floor. If your feet hit the bucket, then it's all over. You're very close, oh! Very, very close. You've got, you got the idea, yeah, yeah. but you're in the wrong setting. Oh, okay. When killing a cow at slaughterhouses, yeah. people would place a bucket under the animal while it was positioned on a pulley. Mm. While trying to adjust the animal, the cow would kick out its legs and therefore kick the bucket before being killed. Right, okay. So, you, same, same exactly, principle. You, you yeah. get the physicalities in yeah, place. Yeah, yes. Very good beef. Good uh, Sherlock Holmes effort there. Thanks, man. To uh, put a sock in it. To put, put a, a sock in it is means to shut up, shut obviously. Don't, I think it's to do with operations. Right. When there was as no... In, an, as in surgical operations? Surgical operations right. when there was no anaesthetic. To stop people screaming because they were obviously going to get cut open. Right. You put a sock in their mouth... So they could basically quieten them down. An entirely logical and feasible explanation, beef button. But totally wrong. wrong. Okay. In the late 19th century, people would use woolen socks to stuff the horns of their gramophones or record players to lower the sound. Oh. Since these machines had no volume controllers. Okay. A bit like muting a trumpet. It is a bit like muting a trumpet, but just simple as that. Yeah. My reasoning's a lot better than that. Yeah, that should go with that. Yeah. You, I think, you, you should I try think, and change history. I think bit. I should try and... I think put, they probably get a, a, letter, put a, lobby a bit of that one. wood to chew on instead of... Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway. But that's what bite the bullet is, by the way. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Your explanation is that's bite the bullet. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Son of a gun. You're a son of a gun. You're a son of a gun. Um, um, yeah, don't know. Have no idea even what would a well, son of a... Well, it means a jocular 
or a, or a affectionate way of addressing yeah, or you're, referring to someone. You're hey, really it's, it's good. It's more of a positive. It's not. It's very different to son of a bitch. Yes. No. It's the yeah. opposite. In fact, it's the complete opposite. Yes. Okay. So back in the day, sailors would sometimes take their wives on long ocean voyages. It is believed that if the woman gave birth on a ship, it should take place between the cannons on the ship's gun deck. Right. Since it was the most secluded place. Because of this reason, a child that was born on a ship would be called a son, son of, of a, a gun. gun. Wow. How about that? Did ridiculous. not know that. Okay, and at number one, this is the probably the most ridiculous one I've heard of the whole lot. So when you hear someone, it was to steal one thunder. Oh, you stole my thunder. You there. stole my thunder. Okay, and the just meaning, take credit or yeah, for someone else's for work. For someone else's stuff. Uh, obviously, it's it's got to be Norse as well. It's probably to do with Odin as well who stole the title of God of Thunder from somebody else, from Thor, and that's why it's to steal someone's thunder. Again, great go beef, but miles off. (laughs) But no way in hell you would have ever got this. Okay, so you think that you've done something awesome and unique, but someone got in there first and took your credit. Yeah. Spare a thought for playwright John Dennis, who back in the 18th century made a machine that could nicely mimic the sound of thunder for his play. Sadly, his play wasn't a success, but somebody had taken note of his clever invention, and when uh, later on in another theatre, Dennis found somebody had copied his thunder machine and was using it without credit. He got mad, really mad. Somebody had stolen his thunder. Wow. So it was completely literal. He should have patented it. Someone stole his thunder. thunder machine. There was a thunder machine. Ah, the Foley, <laughs> Foley artist back then how, was how still... How did that story become so popular that it well, became a phrase? He went to the press. He, went he to stole the press. me thunder, that went guy. Went to the press. <laughs> he must have gone to the press. Oh, crazy. So there oh, we go. Bit of education. I love it. Yeah. I I love, I'm sure there's others out there. Oh, there's, there was 66 on that list. Was yeah. there? Yeah. 66. So we can come mm. back again in the new year to have another round? Definitely. Yeah. I don't see why not. What up? Same old, same old. You? Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. (laughs) Hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals? Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. Hey, I'm John T. Rhodes, and you are listening to 365 Days of Sport. Oh, Rob, that music can only mean one thing. It's the greatest sports trivia quiz on the internet today. Yep, without doubt. And we're running out of time, so we better get straight into it. We ask each other sports trivia questions. Each question will have a maximum possibility of five answers. There may be more, but you can only score five points per question. The winner will be the best person who scores the most out of 15. So I'm going to get straight into it, Rob. I'm not even going to give you easy, medium, hard. I'm just going to go question yep. one. Yep. Name any five of the last six losing AFL semi-finalists. So basically, teams have got to the last four that didn't get to the grand final. It actually goes back to 2018, six clubs. So you want five. So, so the- just the pre- so the last two teams of each year. Okay, the last but one game. The teams that lost in the game prior to the grand final. Yeah. So they lost and didn't get to the grand final. Oh, this is going to be hard now. Uh, the Demons. 2018. Who else got knocked out? I can't remember who played in the final this year. It was Geelong and... Oh, I skip it that far. Okay. Uh, uh, Richmond. 2018. 
We were now in the, uh, Collingwood. 2019 and 2022. 2022. When did we get knocked? So we had 16, we just missed, and then 18, we finished top four and got knocked out in straight sets. So then Hawthorne would have to be in there. Or if you lose straight sets, hang on, means you go down, and then they, no, sorry, scratch that, that's <laughs> out. And then we would have Geelong. 2021 and 2019. Is that five? No, that's four. And then we should chuck in also GWS. Not in the last six. Sorry, Rob. You could have had from 2022, Brisbane and Collingwood. 2021, Geelong and Port Adelaide. 2020, Port Adelaide and Brisbane. 2019, Collingwood and Geelong. 2018, Richmond and Melbourne. So you missed Port Adelaide Really, Brisbane. Brisbane. I wouldn't have remembered Port. Brisbane was the one I needed to get. Yes. Okay, well, not bad. Okay, simply in the history of rugby union... From the top eight, I want you to have five of the most test caps ever. Alan Wynne-Jones? Yes. Richie McCaw? Yes. Now, is he in the top? <laughs> Philip Seller? No. No. Not really too sure. I'm going to say Jason Leonard? No. Yeah, I don't really know then. And it's not an Aussie. Ah, oh, ha, ha. Um, second row for New Zealand. Brody Retallick? No. No. The other one? Sam Whitelock? Yeah. Go on. Okay, so he's third. Yep. Fourth, Sergio Parisa. Oh, from Italy, yeah. Yeah. Five, Brian O'Driscoll. Oh, yeah, forgot about it. Seven, him. Gareth Jenkins. And eight. Garin Jenkins. It is Gareth Jenkins. Anyway, 134 tests. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. It's all right. Kevin Malama, we got eight. Oh, is he? Yeah. Did you get two? Two, no good. All right. Tough. Nice all right. one. Name any five Olympic sports or disciplines that begin with a vowel. Athletics. Yep. Archery. Yep. Um, this is a funny question. <laughs> Crikey. I could give you a big clue, but when I say Olympic sports and disciplines... Yeah. Why is this stumping me all of a sudden? <clears throat> oh, man. I thought this was going to be easy. Ah, <laughs> uh, equestrian. Yep. E-I. What sports that for? I got to be something. Igloo building. Igloo. I wish there was an Olympic sport. <laughs> I almost said arm wrestling before. That would be more more. Can't be too far away nowadays. Um, it's got to be an O. Yeah, come on, Roberto. We go off air in about eleven minutes. Oh, do I have to concede? I think I have to probably concede. We have to start putting a time limit on. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, yeah, three. The three it is. Okay. Well, this is going to be annoying. Alpine skiing. Okay, I want to go that. Oh, because you're going winter. I said well. I told you Olympics, artistic oh. gymnastics, okay. artistic swimming, yeah, synchronized swimming, synchronized swimming, ice hockey, yeah, and ice dancing. Ice skating's not the sport. Is, ice... is that it then? That's it. So they were all, we're all winters, apart from uh, artistic swimming, apart from archery, athletics. No, no, no. no. Obviously, the ones I got. Well, yeah. So. Yes. So again, you tripped me with the winter thing. Well, I, no, I gave you a clue so, all the way. So through I actually it. got all the summer ones except artistic swimming and artistic gymnastics. That's pretty good because they don't count. <laughs> they don't, um, you're right. So I got all the proper ones. <laughs> Apologies to all our all right. uh, artistic gymnastic fans. All right. Most test matches ever, world cricket of all time. Most test match caps, uh, uh, cricket. You asked me this last week. No, I don't, don't think test so. Test match caps. Tendulkar, Anderson, Jax Callis, Ponting and War. Because I thought I might have, and I went and checked to make sure I didn't, and I couldn't see it in my book. Come on, five! It must have been in my other book. 
I went back and checked because to me it sounded very familiar, but I thought I went, that yeah, was literally because a lot of the batsmen. Literally one week ago. Oh, come on. How is it not in my book from the last week? I, I don't know, man. But you did ask me that last week, exact same question. Oh, that's the spin bowling one. That oh, was two weeks ago. Oh, was it two weeks ago? I went and checked back all of them because it seemed very familiar to me. <laughs> I couldn't see it. Oh, just a gift there. Yeah, it is a He's gift. tied it up again. Uh, yes, yeah, seven all. Talking about cricket, name any English test cricketer that has played 100 tests or more but made their debut before the year 2000. Before 2000? Yeah. Bit easy nowadays, but uh, okay. now. Okay, Graham Gooch. Graham Gooch definitely won. 118 tests, made his debut in 1975. Debut before 2000. 2000, yeah. Let's go, Atherton. 115 tests, 1989 debut. Okay, let's go. Let's go, Nasser Hussain. No, didn't play 100 tests. <sighs> 93, I think, Naz. Do I go? Oh, yeah, let's go for Alex Stewart. 133 tests, 1990. So that's three. I got one more go. You got one more guess. I don't think Beefy got there. Leaning towards batsman. Oh, do I, did he play for that long? I feel like he maybe he didn't, but I'm going to have a go on Michael Vaughan. No, no. not Michael Vaughan. Uh, did he make it day before two? Yes, of course he did. Beefy, Beefy didn't get there. Yeah, 102 tests. Oh, 1977. No. The other ones were Colin Cowdery, 114 tests, made his debut in 1954. Jeffrey Boycott, okay. 108 tests, made his debut in 1964. That's, yeah, well, that's a massive effort. I was uh, thinking about Gower, but I don't think yes, so. Yes, Gower, oh, 117 tests. And oh, the last I did it one, easily. The last one to do it, Graham Thorpe, 100 tests, made his oh, debut in 1993. Right. So three. Oh, I wonder what Nassar and Vaughan were on. 93, Nassar. I don't know about uh, Vaughan. All right. This is a great one. Beautiful. Love great ones. So you're going to need four to win. Yes. LPGA. Women's Golf Tour. <laughs> okay. From the top 30. <sighs> what, now? From the, from, the, from the top 30 of all time. Oh, okay. Of all time, golf. Yeah. There are, this is actually a similar type of question to what yeah. you had before. There are seven in the top 30 that debuted... After the 90s, or more recently. So I don't want... Because there's loads of golfers that are from like the 30s and 40s and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's none of them. It's all modern yeah, yeah. stuff. Okay. So I've put you all in right. the ballpark. So... I want any five of those seven. Oh, seven? There's seven out of the top 30. <sighs> okay. Prize money or what? Uh, sorry, most tours. Most, most wins on tour. Okay. Most wins on tour. Nancy Lopez. No. So they're all basically our... Carrie thing. Webb. Yes. So she's second on the list. What was the Swedish bird called? Minji Lee. No. No? No. Isn't she the Kiwi? Uh, no, she's she... uh, Lydia Ko. Lydia Ko's on there. She's last on the list with 19. So, so I need this for a tie. You need this for a tie. Sandstrom. I can't give it. What? I can't give it. It's so close, but it's not right. You're looking for the Swede, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you got the name wrong. It's close. Sundstrom. <laughs> I can't give it. Sonberg. <laughs> what was she called? She had... Um... <laughs> I would have got, got probably three of them. So yeah. Including this one you're trying to get. <laughs> yeah. Sundstrom. <laughs> I can't remember what she was called. Um, you might get it if you get the first name. Yeah. It might roll off the tongue. Yeah, it probably would, but I can't remember her. Mm. Seeing as you took up all our time trying to think of uh, sports that began with well, vowels. Well, it's because you put in the bloody um, Winter Olympics again. <laughs> I, I, no, I never, ever, never even triggered Annika. Annika. 
sun sun something like that Annika (laughs) yeah yeah Annika Sonberg (laughs) Sorenston Sorenston (laughs) (laughs) yeah so close. Uh, so then, yeah, Carrie Webb is tenth uh, of all time in forty-one. She's yeah. seventy-two. Annika Sorensen. She has. She's, th- she? she's third of all time. All right. Seventy-two wins. I mean. Yep. Twenty-seven for Lorena o- Ochoa. Ochoa. Oh yeah, the US. Mexican. Oh yeah, yeah. Ochoa. Ne- right. Yeah, I think she is Mexican. Yeah. Siri Puck. Never heard of her. Twenty-five for South Korea. Yeah. Inbury Park. Oh yeah, well she's current. South Korea as yeah. well. Uh, Christy Kerr. Not know from the US, and then Lydia Ko is yeah 29th for nineteenth. Nancy oh. Lopez isn't on the list. Nancy Lopez, nah. Oh, unless she's she, she might be. Did she debut before then? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. She's quite old. But there you go. I suppose the other ones would have been. What about she might the, have debuted in the eighties? What 80s about that Aussie something? woman that uh, was in Playboy? Um, what was she called? I don't know. Play- yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. All right. Well, there you go. Oh, and I gave you a gift five. God, that was dumb. I, I knew that was familiar, but I thought it was, oh, it's probably because it's most of the same players that are most runs. Because <laughs> Sachin, Ponting, War and Colours are all in there. Yeah. But Jimmy Anderson obviously is not. Yes. All right. We'll finish off with this. The Transportation Security Administration, that's the TSA, that's um, yep. security screening in, in America, mm. is reminding passengers of the proper protocol for traveling with pets after somebody accidentally put their dog in a security x-ray machine in a Wisconsin airport. They put the dog through they the machine. They put the dog through the machine. Inside a bag. Well, it was actually it was inside a little bag, in like a, a tote bag, I think. What did we have the other day where someone did this put uh, an object through? TSA Great Lakes revealed that a small dog was actually accidentally sent through the x-ray machine when it was left inside a traveler's carry-on bag at Dane County Regional Airport in Madison, Wisconsin. When traveling with any animal, notify your airline and know their rules. At the checkpoint, remove your pet from the bag and send all items, including the empty carrier, to be screened in the machine. The tweet included the x-ray photo of the dog inside the traveller's backpack. TSA representative Jessica Mayle said the dog, which was a Dash and Chihuahua mix, not not really a dog, had been cleared to fly by the airline, but the passenger had been unaware of the correct protocol when taking a pet through the security checkpoint. Now, you know they're bringing this rule into Australian airlines now. You can take pets on board in the cabin. Uh, I don't, I really don't like it. Imagine if it gets, I've I've heard stories about the one dog getting diarrhea and being sick and just going everywhere. Yeah. It's just a mental. Oh, I, I think it was when we were doing 365, maybe we were at New York at the airport and someone was queuing up with their dog on a lead. Quite a few And it was a mental dog. It was just barking and going crazy the whole time. Like, you you can't do that. After the dog was discovered by the x-ray operator, the officer explained the proper process to the passenger and confirmed she had discovered closed why she was traveling with the pet and then after her bags were cleared she proceeded to her gate and uh, the dog was unharmed but a little bit skittish after going through the x-ray tunnel uh, the tsa previously detailed the case of a stowaway cat that had gone through the x-ray scanner at jfk airport in november the passenger had been unaware that the cat, which had belonged to a relative, was hiding in his bag. The passenger in that incident delayed his flight for a day so he could take the cat home. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, see, see what this comes back to, Beef, is the thing that annoys me, actually. Yes. Now, I, I, I love dogs. I, I absolutely love them. They're my favourite animal. Yep. But what I don't like is how now having a dog and showing how much you care about your dog has become another way for people to try and pretend that they're these hyper-empathetical, caring type of people. Yeah. So they can strut around and demonstrate uh, how much they care about their dog and stuff. It's become like a fashion-trendy type of thing. Yeah, I rescued. And, and, Graham, Rob. and people are bending the rules for it now to accommodate uh, for this okay. for this sort of uh, strutting. Right. And I find it quite irritating because a dog is it just you don't know what it's going to do on a plane. It might Very just, true. It, it well, can ruin everyone else's Don't flight. forget they bent the rules in the states not to allow what's the, what's the word they use? Companion animals which used to be like just dogs. Ones. Yeah, companion animals to to settle people down with anxiety and stuff. Right. I think I can't remember the exact they were called I think they're called companion animals but somebody took them to court because they can't restrict it to dogs. Because at the time, it used to be just for guide dogs, obviously. Right. And somebody said, well, if you're letting dogs be companion animals, mm. then... So that's why I had this person with a monkey in the hat the other day. And no, that. that wasn't a companion animal. That was that somebody was smuggling. But they've had companion horses and companion turkeys, cats, but, boa I mean, constrictors, and all sorts. Horses, beef. The miniature horses. I have seen pictures of a companion miniature horse, Rob. On a plane. How does the horse feel about the plane ride? I'm not too sure, Rob. Because you can't tell. Imagine. I reckon. uh, What are you going to do if the horse just is a big dump in the middle? And (laughs) And and, it probably will. will. It definitely will. And it won't be small. And it will be pungent. I've seen pictures of companion turkeys as well. in what way can a turkey possibly be calming for anyone? (laughs) It's the most annoying twat of a bird on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, well, go and do a run for that turkey that's probably going ape shit on <laughs> yes. a plane after being absolutely traumatised. Mm. Anyway, what you got coming up, Rob, very quickly? Golf tomorrow. Golf tomorrow? You're Working. not defending a title? Not no, this week? No, how did I go? Monthly medal? I did okay. I came 10th out uh, of sort of yeah. 45, so I shot an 80. Oh, well, still not bad. Not bad. Could have uh, done better. Not good enough. Just, uh, you know, yeah, I just can't make... You're getting end. golf clubs at Christmas, Rob? You're improving? You're getting a new putter, a new uh, sandwich? Nah, I do need a new putter. I'm convinced I need a yeah. new putter. Okay. But I fixed I fixed my firewood today. Oh, good on you. A bit of super well glue. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah, new. I put the way on the nylon background. Oh, Go and buy a new one. I love having it. It's like, yeah, I'm old oh. school. we got to thank Jack Link's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Stock up for Christmas, people. There is nothing better than the over the Christmas period than eating a shed load. going to run out if you don't stock up. That's exactly right. But eat yourself a shed load of beef jerky this Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know it makes sense. That's what they'll be doing on the International Space Station, Rob. Eating beef jerky by the truckload. Why is that beef? It's the food of astronauts, Rob. It's the food of astronauts. We want to thank you for downloading uh, 365 Days of Sport. Appreciate that. If you're looking for a new podcast platform, try Good Pods. It's the best platform for indie podcasters you will ever find yourself tuning into. Couldn't have said it better. Or in a less enthusiastic manner. Exactly. This has been episode 275 of the greatest non-sports sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. See you next week.